Good morning, I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily video update for April 5th, 2022. Today I'm going to take a look at, at some examples that show that the Western world is run by hypocrites, criminals, and outright lunatics. There's no other way you can understand it except to realize that the drive for a world order under the thumb of the city of London and Wall Street has put in power uh, a gang of, of greedy cutthroats who are committed to do whatever it takes to maintain the servility of the population in the West while carrying out economic and real regime change warfare against any government in the world which opposes their dictates. Now, some of these examples are, are quite extraordinary, uh, but this is what's going on day by day, but you're not hearing about it because the same criminals who are carrying these actions out control the media in the West. Let's, let's just start with the case of India, where you have a, an effort underway to force the Indian government to break with Russia and to break with China. Now, the India-China relationship has been fraught with peril for years. Uh, two years ago, there were border skirmishes between the two. And the idea of the pivot to Asia from the Biden people and, and U.S. Uh, intelligence and security forces was that India would be an ally in the so-called Quad, uh, Japan, Australia, India, and the United States, as a seed crystal for an Asian NATO to contain China. Well, what's happening? The Indians are going to have none of that. The Indians have no, see no benefit of joining a bloc in confronting China and Russia. And so you had Sergei Lavrov in, in Delhi the other day, while the Indians refused to have a British parliamentary delegation come to town. Uh, Dalip Singh, the U.S. sanctions uh, coordinator went to India and tried to pressure India to break with the Russians and was essentially told, forget it. Now, the latest is the State Department put out a statement to India, which said you cannot trust Russia due to the closeness of Russia and China. Well, in fact, that's something the Indians are looking at as a plus. The idea of a Russia-Indian-China relationship provides the basis for breaking away from the more problematic and troubling areas of a world dominated by modern British imperial interests. Now, India is moving ahead with a ruble-rupee payment mechanism for Russian oil, and this is in particular what has angered uh, the cabal in the West. Now, then you have this. The so-called democratic world laments the democratic outcome of votes yesterday or on Sunday in Serbia and Hungary, because you have governments there which are not friendly to the NATO European Union control and in fact are interested in maintaining friendly relations with Russia. Uh, in Serbia, President Vucic got 60% of the vote, while in Hungary, Prime Minister Orban got nearly two-thirds of the vote. Now, the response from the European Union, instead of praising the democratic outcome and accepting the democratic election to the voters, no, they didn't do that. They said, we have to figure out how to support the minority parties. In other words, more regime change. 
And that gives you an indication of the thinking from the establishment in Europe, which is totally subordinated to the needs of the Anglo-American financial oligarchy. Then one other example, Slovakia, which is under enormous pressure to boycott Russian oil and gas, said instead they will pay for gas with rubles because they can't survive without it. Well, to give you a sense of the absurdity in the EU, there was a video produced uh, by a European Union commissioner for competition who clearly is competing with the German official who said that, that citizens in Germany uh, should be prepared, should be willing to, quote, freeze for freedom. The EU commissioner for competition in her video urges parents to turn off the hot water in showers for themselves and their children. And when you turn it off, you should shout out, take that, Putin. Well, I'm not sure that's going to sell with the people of Germany and Europe as a whole. Now, just some other examples of this. Uh, we now are confronted with the story coming from Bukha, a suburb of Kiev that claims there's evidence of Russian atrocities against civilians. Well, this should be investigated, but the Russians are raising an interesting question, which is that why was it that the mayor of that town, the day before these photos emerged, reported that the Russians had left town and there were no, no signs at all of corpses on the street? So as Scott Ritter said, let's get the forensic evidence before we start pointing fingers. Well, Sleepy Joe didn't wait. He's immediately shouting, this proves Putin is a war criminal. Meanwhile, the Russians have brought video footage of tortured and killed Russian soldiers being attacked by Ukrainian or, or people with Ukrainian uniforms, and the UN has refused to investigate this. So again, we see the, the unfair and, and unjust approach to this situation. Now, we also hear about massive atrocities against the civilian population. Well, the, the UN High Commission for Human Rights has released the total of the uh, numbers of people, civilians in Ukraine, killed so far in the fighting. And it's 1,417. And with all these pictures of burned out buildings and smoldering ruins and discussion of, of shelling of hospitals and, and civilian centers, 1,400 civilians, and it's horrible that there are civilians in a war like this, but 1,400 hardly adds up to massive targeting of civilian populations. Maybe it's true the Russians are not targeting the civilians, but you'll never hear that from the commentators pushing for more weapons to go to the so-called heroic armed forces of the government of Ukraine. Now, meanwhile, there's a, a new report out that shows that the U.S. military budget is higher than the combined totals of the next nine countries in, with the size of, with, in terms of the larger military budgets. That is, if you add up the total expenditures of the next nine nations, it's still less than the expenditure of the U.S. on, on its military and defense. So the U.S. military industrial complex is very happy to have wars, especially when they can sell weapons to all the countries that are being forced to join these wars. 
Now, meanwhile, the Russians reported yesterday that while the U.S. is demanding more sanctions on Russian oil, the U.S. increased its imports by 43% last week. Now, one other example of an upside-down world. The Taliban issued a decree yesterday making it illegal for people in Afghanistan to cultivate poppies. Afghanistan poppy production uh, produces 80% uh, of the world's heroin. And if the Taliban follows through with this, this will be a major improvement for countries that are facing growing amounts of drug addiction. And while the Taliban does that, the U.S. Congress is voting to legalize marijuana and looking for pathways to legalize other drugs. Again, an upside-down world. Now, finally, I want to take a quick look at what's happening in Pakistan to give you a sense of what kind of lunacy there is. The, the Prime Minister of Pakistan, Imran Khan, has been very vocal in saying that Pakistan will not choose between the Western Bloc and the Russian-China Bloc. Instead, he wants to mediate on the war in Ukraine. He offered to mediate between the U.S. and China. Pakistan is playing a leading role in trying to aid the humanitarian conditions that exist now in Afghanistan. And Khan has uh, taken actions to try to protect the country from rising fuel prices and inflation. And yet, in the parliament, there was a no-confidence vote scheduled against him on Sunday. Now, there's evidence that this is being pushed by U.S. forces. The evidence includes U.S. embassy official, officials saying to a, a Pakistan ambassador that relations will be much better between the U.S. and Pakistan if Imran Khan is ousted. And further, the... Uh, the, the attack from the Washington Post on Imran Khan is that his main uh, crime is that he's, move, he's shifting Pakistan's foreign policy from the West to support, quote, authoritarian countries. Now, furthermore, the International Monetary Fund is threatening to cut off Pakistan's aid package at a point where Pakistan is in a situation where it might default on $6 billion of debt. The obvious underlying message is that if you, if there's a confrontation between Pakistan and the United States, they'll lose the IMF package and then go into default, which will create massive chaos inside Pakistan. And one of the areas of control over Pakistan politics is the military, which has leaders that are closely aligned with the United States. Now, what Khan did is they canceled, they, he dissolved the parliament on Sunday before the vote. This is now being taken up by the Supreme Court, whether that was legal or not. If they decide it was legal, there'll be an election in 90 days. But in the meantime, what is Khan telling the people of Pakistan? He's reminding them of what happened in the late 1970s when Pakistan uh, conducted the development of a civilian nuclear program, which later also produced nuclear weapons. But in the late 70s, the then Prime Minister of Pakistan, Ali Bhutto, was told by Kissinger that if you go ahead with building a nuclear reprocessing plant, we will make a, quote, horrible example, unquote, of Pakistan. That's what Bhutto reported. Later, 
His daughter reported that Kissinger said directly to him that Kissinger and the West will make a horrible example of him if he proceeds in this direction. Bhutto was removed in a coup and in 1979, I believe it was, was hanged. That's what people in Pakistan see when they see the U.S. State Department telling their prime minister which countries he's allowed to align with. So we're seeing a move away from this Western alliance. And as I reported yesterday, a realignment is underway. This is something which should not be feared by Americans, but welcomed because we need to realign our nations in Europe and the United States away from NATO, away from the war hawks and away from the British neoliberals who are destroying the physical economy of the world. So that's why it's essential that you join us in building for our April 9th conference. And I'll have again a link at the bottom of this description page today for you to use to register. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you again tomorrow.